This is Akafe. Laura Marie and Jessica Marie proudly present A Court of Fandoms and Exploration, a podcast. Fair warning, everything the hosts say is explicit, full of spoilers and adult content and shall not be used against them. They have opinions. Let's try not to drag anyone for expressing themselves and just have fun for an hour. We all deserve it. This episode has no spoilers to our awareness, but does mention The Vampire Diaries, Moulin Rouge, Blackwood Farm, Book of Night, and Hocus Pocus. For full list, please see show notes. And welcome to A Court of Fandoms and Exploration, your weekly deep dive into the YA literature and fandoms that we love. I'm Laura Marie. And I'm Jessica Marie. And today we are discussing the 1994, I'm going to say cult classic. This is the vampire movie Interview with the Vampire with Brad Pitt, Tom Cruise, Kirsten Dunst, Antonia Banderas, Thandie Newton. Did you see her? Mm-hmm. And um, oh my goodness, oh my goodness. So just disclaimer before we get into it, I am actually at my godparents' house, so um, this, the sound is going to be weird, and I'm so sorry, Sam, and I'm so sorry for anybody who's listening, <laughs> but we just wanted to go ahead and give that disclaimer before we get into the interview with the vampire, which, to no one's surprise, was my first time, but I'm also surprised myself. So just you saying this is your first time watching this, um... How long have you wanted to watch this? I think I've always wa- I've always wanted to watch it. And I think, I know we've talked in previous episodes that I had like a lot of censorship growing up. So um, I didn't watch this when I was younger. Obviously, I didn't watch it when it came out. And then it, it was another one of those situations where it's just kind of always been on my queue, but I never made it a priority. And it was just, well, I'll get to it. I'll get to it. And then the further you get away from it, the less of a priority it becomes. But I'm just mad at myself <laughs> once again because I just missed out on all these wonderful years of rewatches. I, I'm ready to rewatch it again. I was on a high when this movie ended. I was just like, it's totally set up for a, for, for a sequel. And it, there is another movie after it. But based on some comments in our discussions before we started recording, we're like, yeah, but we we don't focus on that follow up to it. (laughs) Yeah, no, this one is very special and unique. Um, Shout out to a friend of the show, Rachel. Hi, Uh, we we love you. We're doing this for you because uh, this is one of your favorite movies. So, okay, we know this. Um, This this movie, um, I... Watch this as a child, obviously. That is just like my, my thing. Um, I watched it with my dad, you know, weirdly, but I was very young. Uh, I do not remember it being so sexual <laughs> when I watched it as a child. I, I really didn't. And I, uh, just, I told you earlier, I remember being completely surprised when the stat, like, you know, spoiler comes back because like there's this, we saw his body. It was this whole thing. We'll get to it. But like, this movie surprised me as a child. Now, watching it as an adult, because I've watched it, like, rewatched it a few times, but, like, rewatching it as an adult, you're just like, wow. Wow. First of all, how did they get this cast? This cast is amazing. Secondly, the, the like, the, the setting, oh, my God, the costumes, everything, the performances out of this world. But 
Uh, I went back and read the reviews. I did the, you know, I did the research and uh, because I was too young to know the drama at the time around this movie. And there was so much drama around this movie. And um, I have some facts and I will sprinkle them in as we go. Uh, we start off with our, our one and only Christian Slater. Oh, my God. The, the soft spot that I have for this man. I love him. He was so I, you know, I always forget. You know the name Christian Slater. I don't know any of his recent projects, but I know he was pivotal in, like, 80s and 90s Hollywood. So whenever you see him come on the screen, you're like, Christian, you understand the big deal. You understand the big deal that he is. So for him to do this role, it was just, it was so, it was so him. Like, and he does so well with it. And it's, like, I don't think I realized, I say pivotal loosely, but he's the person that Louis is talking to. And you, I didn't realize that because this is the first time when I went into this, essentially, I say essentially blind. Um, I knew Brad Pitt, Tom Cruise, Kirsten Dunst. This, there was a lot of drama um, with the whole Kirsten kissing Brad. And then, um, then the whole fanfic discussion, which we'll get to at the end of the episode. Um, but that was it. I didn't know. I, oh, I really just thought it took place. Like, it was just a period piece about vampires. I didn't realize this, even though it's literally the title. I thought it was just one of those situations where you have a title where there's no exact tie-in. Because I had only known those, like, key base, basic things. So then Daniel pops in, that's Christian, and you're just like, hello, oh my gosh, it's the thing without saying it, oh my goodness, right in front of us, right at the beginning. <laughs> um, I was surprised, I wrote the times down for some pivotal moments in the movie because um, I was surprised equally on how fast plot points happen, but also like how slow things also move, and I just thought that was very interesting. Um, uh, fun fact number one, Christian Slater was supposed to be River Phoenix, but River Phoenix sadly passed away, so Christian stepped in, donated his salary to charities that river um favored and we love that for him we love that for us christian slater all i want to do is what is it what, what's the buffy quote marry christian slater and die and die <laughs> that's that's it so i understand um okay louis 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 brad pitt uh did you think that brad pitt could pull this off before you started it no no, no, and I, I just, I can't, I don't have really early recollections of Brad Pitt and his work. I remember when I was old enough, we watched Seven, and that's probably early in Fight Club. So those were probably like my earliest Brad Pitt movies that I was aware of. So watching this version of him, I think, what is it? Thelma and Louise. Isn't that like another long hair? I, I haven't seen Thelma and Louise guiltily. Oh my God. I'm sorry. Long hair, Brad Pitt in legends of the fall. You cannot top it. Oh my God. Brad Pitt has never been hotter than he is in legends of the fall. Oh my goodness. And he's also very good looking in a river runs through it. But, um, legends of the fall is my personal favorite Brad Pitt movie. Um, and it's the one where he looks the best, personally, I think so. But Louie, he looks really good with long hair. Louie here with the dark hair. 
And his eyes are so piercing. His eyes are so piercing. Brad Pitt fucking hated this role. He hated this role. He hated the contacts. He hated the makeup. He hated playing the bitch role. His his words, not mine. Look it up. He's quoted as saying that. Then why did he audition? Like, let's get there. People want to complain. And you're like, well, you could get a paycheck somewhere else, sir. Yeah. He said it was six months in the fucking dark. Quote, look it up. He absolutely hated it. I uh, said it was just uh, a vehicle for Tom Cruise. It was just a whole situation. It was a whole situation. Brad Pitt was miserable. He was a wet blanket. That's fine because Louis is miserable and a wet blanket. And it works. If anything, he's like a method actor. In he's that a, yeah, he's a method actor there. It works. It works. It works. They're at the Black Cat Tavern in New Orleans. Uh, that's a real place. I've thrown up there. Uh, not <laughs> proud of it. But Louis 200. This is 1791. He's 24 years old. They're south of New Orleans. Okay. Um, first impressions of Tom Cruise as Lestat. I, I I think we were talking about this earlier. You get lost in the fact that it's Tom Cruise. He eats this role up. It is so good. You have to remind yourself that it's Tom Cruise. And it, it's so interesting because he's... I feel like a lot of people know like him as like early Tom Cruise from like the eighties and you know Top Gun and Cocktail and Risky Business, or then you know him for or you know him from his action roles of Mission Impossible and you know other movies that he's done. Um, and this was just like this sweet spot in the in the nineties, sandwiched between those very different extremes. And what? How nice! How nice to see him play. Something different, and I feel like it probably would have cha- like challenged him too, because it was outside of his norm. Yeah, really outside of his norm. The thing that I okay, obviously, I, I don't know if I've said this on the podcast. I really love Tom Cruise movies. I'm a sucker for Tom Cruise. I enjoy Tom Cruise. Whatever. Uh, more on that later. But this Tom Cruise role is incredible incredible because we have to know the backstory like tom cruise is so good why well he's an actor okay and he's really good fine fine okay he's a little crazy too okay fine um Anne rice fucking hated this casting she hated this casting she came out and said she hated this casting she said tom cruise couldn't do it she was like quoted as kind of nasty uh talking about tom cruise not being able to do it and tom cruise as he should took that shit personally and he uh, watched, and this is very evident, he famously watched hours and hours and hours of lions attacking zebras to get in the mindset of a predator. <sighs> yeah, okay, moving on. He, uh, but he fucking killed it. You can't, no one can look you in the face and say that Tom Cruise is not amazing in this movie. And that made Anne Rice eat her fucking words. And Anne Rice, after trashing him and the casting and the movie kind of publicly after it came out, saw it, took out big page ads saying that it was, quote, a masterpiece, end quote. And she also um, called Tom Cruise to personally apologize. And there's like a whole situation. Um, As she should. As she fucking should. As she should. But... But I just cannot get over the way that Tom Cruise just, like, lights up the screen. 
It's the whole vibe, right? And it, and my favorite detail about Tom Cruise in this movie is like the placement of his fangs is like just at where he starts to get that like kind of wide crazy smile and you're just so when you see him you're like, "Oh boy. that's going to do do some crazy." And he does and it's just phenomenal. He he owns it. I think that's, you know, like you said, it's not just that he's an actor. He completely took ownership of who the character is. Yeah, he really did. And the character is like inherently sexual. He's a very sexy man. (laughs) He's the Brat Prince for a reason. That's his name. I don't know if you know that. No. Yeah, the Brat Prince. That's his like. I love it. I love it so much. Uh, But he. he, Okay, so Lestat sees Louis. Louis is miserable. Life has no meaning. His wife and child are dead. They see him in a bar. He's looking for death, whatever, whatever. Um, Prostitute is there. Uh, the pimp is about to kill him, and Tom Cruise looks at bites, bites Brad, and is like, "Have you had enough death?" Um, this very close-up bite scene that Lestat does on Louis' neck. I was like, "Tom Cruise, you're really going in." You can see like the pressure on his lips, like on the neck. I was like, "Jeez, buddy." Um, but then they like lift up and fly, and that's just like <laughs> one of my favorite cheesy like vampire cliches. I'm so happy they did it. You know, I was gonna say part of it's part of watching it. It just felt like they were leaning into the traditional vampire tropes, especially like the flying in the, and not even just flying in the air. You have the slow mo f- flying in the air, but then you have like the whooshing, you know, the whooshing and the music is building. Like, yeah, I, I love oh. it. I, uh, it's all there. It's all there. Yeah, it's, it's all there. And like Brad Pitt's like head like kind of falls back. It's all very like. And I really love Tom Cruise's voice in this movie. I don't, the like slight accent that he does, it's just like, Mwah, chef's kiss. Uh, I wrote the time down because Brad Pitt goes through his last sunrise um, and he uh, gets very quickly uh, bit after he says, like, Will you accept this? Because Lestat gives a choice, you know? Consent is is important. So Lestat mm-hmm. gives the choice, but he does very quickly bite Louis, and um, that's part of the lion kind of situation. Um, but and then he like bites from the wrist. Um, my note says drinks sexually, but that uh, Brad Pitt transforms into a vampire at fourteen thirty seven in the movie. We are like that is fast. That's yeah. like just a little bit of backstory that we have before. Before this couple, they are a couple. You cannot look me in the face and tell me that they are not a couple. Uh, move on for their eternity together. Did people try to argue that? I don't, I don't know. I don't know because it's so fucking apparent that they are just a couple raising a child. So I, I, uh, And Lestat is, like, he definitely, he, he, I don't know if he loves, but he's definitely in lust. He he loves Louis in his own way. He has a companionship towards him. And Louis is just not about this life. I mean, he said it, he, he says it to Lestat, who says, this is a fate worse than death. Yeah. I'm like, he, go ahead and unlive yourself again. But you, you said it so well that he's like a wet blanket. So. Yeah, he is. He's a wet blanket. Uh, and, uh, and it's very interesting because Lestat obviously is not our, our brat prince is, is very charismatic. He's very, you know, alive as one can be. Uh, but he does say that he gave Louis, he chose Louis and he gave Louis the dark gift and that the dark gift manifests in each of them differently. And that's like true. And like 
not kind of true because like the dark gift like is vampirism right and everybody has the same gifts but how quickly they manifest is different so like the insinuation here that louis doesn't have mind reading powers like isn't exactly true they're just not like developed yet but you see that with, um, I know I'm jumping ahead here with Claudia, where there was a couple things where she guessed without what you yes. just, you had to see it, but she knew right away, like within hours of her turning, she just, she just picked up on it really quickly. Yeah. So it's, it's just different. Um, and I, that's like one of my notes. Uh, and then, so the, one of the criticisms of this movie is that like nothing happens, but then like everything happens and it's like kind of slow. Um, we're up to the poodles, the poodle scene. Like, poor <laughs> Louie. Our wet blanket Louie just cannot bite people after he kills that one person. Like, oh my goodness. Um, he 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 just can't. Uh, we do need to mention Thandie Newton here. Thandie Newton is the, um, the, the, mm, mm, I don't want to say the word, um, but she works, she's at the plantation. She, she's a plantation worker and she is there. She works for free. She, yeah, yeah, she does that. Um, but that's Nanny Newton's, like, one of her first roles. And, like, she dies. And that's that, like, whole, that whole scene. Uh, I really, I'm bringing up that scene because I really love, um, how kind of unhinged Tom Cruise is in that scene. Uh, where he bites the the neck of the rat and puts the he's like pretend you have to pretend to drink out of this crystal like they know that we're devils like all of this stuff I love that but specifically specifically when Louis like can't do it anymore right like he's 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 killed all the chickens all of the 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 quarters are like rising up against him everybody knows and he kind of snaps. Lestat comes in and he's like, look at what you're doing. You're burning everything we own. And I was just like, aw. Aw. Like, well, he, he's, he goes, where are we going to sleep? Where yeah. did you not think that you're acting emotional? You're not thinking this out. Like, where do you, where, where do we go from here? I just think it's really sweet. Like, how can you tell me that they're not a couple? Like, they're, what is that song? History will call them... <laughs> What roommates, best friends, oh. anything but lovers. Like, that's what this is. That is that situation. They're clearly lovers. But, 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 um, Louie says, like, you know, we're in hell. Everything is terrible, whatever. And then Lestat comes in and saves him. And he's like, uh, life with me would be even more unbearable. Um, right? Like, that's, it's, is like one of his lines. It's just, it's just so good. Um, but the thing about Louie, that kind of carries the film along and kind of the rest of the series is that they, Louis is looking for the meaning of it all. Right. And I understand that. Cause I also would have questions, right? Like there can't just be, there has to be more, right? There has to be more vampires. It can't just be Lestat. So I do really appreciate that, but that kind of uh, research drives Louis Oh, it kind of gives him a purpose, which I think is really good. Um, but then he does, he kills his maid. And he sets the fire to the house, as we say. Uh, but then, then, then we are up to Miss Claudia, Miss Claudia, because Louis and uh, Lestat rent rooms in the riverfront, in New Orleans. And they have big fights as couples do. And uh, Louis runs away to the plague quarters and finds Claudia. Well, you know what? He, 
I'm com- I don't want to say I'm confused. I'm not confused. There's a fight that happens later in the movie, so I feel like I'm jumping ahead there. What I like about um, you know, Claudia's like, say, where's my mom? Where's my mom? And then Louis kind of holds her, like, it's okay, it's okay, bites her. And, you know, because because Louis and Lestat had that fight, they kind of, like, split up, split off from each other. They didn't actually split up. And then Lestat's lurking in the shadows, so when he sees him bite her... He's just like, so, ha-ha! <laughs> yeah, so and there's good. music, too. It's like, da 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 He's just like, da 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 It was just perfect, because it's like... Like whenever you're fighting, you're still like peeking. You say, like, hey. "It's just so good." I, I I saw that. I saw that. And it was so hypocritical too, right? It's just like, what you're gonna come after me? You're biting a kid, like a fucking kid, like exactly. Because they had never gone after. I yeah. say gone after in quotes. And always been adults, but they were always a fight. They were just fighting about it. He goes, "Do not Fuck. throw stones at glass houses, yeah. sir." Uh, and let's start. Uh, Lestat, my note is Lestat always finds Louis and Louis always finds Lestat. And I, I think, Jess, I said that earlier too when we were talking, like they are like magnets. They do always find each other. And I do like that. Um, but Lestat says that evil is a point of view. And I do like that as well because um, like he, you could argue that Lestat is the villain here, but I would fight you on it because I don't really think that he is. I think he's just like the opposite. He's just a foil, right? He's not a villain. He just is. Well, Tom Cruise even agree, would agree with you with that because somebody tried to say like what it was like, what was it like playing a villain? And I feel like Tom Cruise understood what the role was and who Lestat is. And you, and it's definitely, it's, it's like any morally gray role or when you're trying to get into a quote unquote villain role, which isn't the case here. Um, every, villain comes from a place of thinking that they're right they they with true conviction yeah they really do and tom cruise absolutely did understand this role he really got uh listat's like loneliness with this right because that was a blowout fight with louis absolutely blowout it is just coincidence that he followed him and sees louis like majorly fuck up like this and he has something to like really tie him to tie louis to him now right like he has this this hold so what do they do? They fucking turn Claudia. They and have a Cla- fix me baby. They have a fix me baby. They have a save the marriage fix me baby. That is the top line in my <laughs> note right here. Uh, that to save the marriage. And the thing about this is that it does work for a time. But let's talk about Claudia. Claudia's mom is dying from the plague. Claudia is like just there. Um, Claudia is 12 years old in the movie. This is Kirsten. Kirsten Dunst. In the book, Claudia is six uh, to represent uh, Anne Rice's uh, daughter that tragically passed away from a rare type of cancer. So Claudia is a really tragic figure. And of course, there are a thousand think pieces like on the Internet about Claudia and like who she represents and how she represents it. And like all all, all these things, all these things. But um, for this movie, Claudia is 12 years old and Claudia is just I'm going to say delightful. Um, but that is because the performance of Kirsten Dunst in this role, and she's been hearing this her entire life, so I'm not saying anything new, but this is just astonishing. I I cannot get over Kirsten Dunst in this role. I can see her, especially when they get to Paris. Uh, she is a woman. 
She is a woman grown by the time they get to Paris. And to see that all, all in those eyes is just incredible. And then, um, yeah, yeah, I can't. I'll just go on and on about Claudia. The rain, like, again, it's just another person who has another person in this cast who has the range. I mean, you see her as a child to a woman all in the same body. Like, that's her acting, doing that. I mean, you see her fights. She acts, you know, at some points, you know, she is being, you know, a prepubescent teen with her meltdowns and being frustrated and slamming doors. But I don't think uh, in fairness, that's not just a teen thing. Like, I do that myself still. <laughs> um, but you can see her just, like, wanting to understand and completely in her mind. And she's also the only person of her own, quote-unquote, age that she's able to interact with. Because all these questions keep happening from other people. And then she also starts seeing other women. I mean, there's that scene where she's looking at a woman um changing and she's naked and she's like why isn't that me i want that to be i want to be grown i want to be a woman i want to have these experiences also okay so the thing that i really love about claudia is that she is the save me baby for 30 years they they say that they say that they've had her for 30 years and this is at 45 minutes like again 45 minutes into the movie and um louis of course i i have to chuckle to myself knowing that brad pitt like hated making this movie so much so much so much so much that he had to do this voiceover and it just makes me chuckle because you know he's just like god damn it uh, but the voiceover works and it really helps like kind of guide this movie. But Louis says that he saw Claudia as a child and that Lestat saw her as a pupil. So Lestat would teach her like how to identify victims and how to play piano and manners and dresses and like all that kind of stuff, like a protege. And then Louis saw her as an actual child, which I thought was kind of interesting um, because um Claudia does crawl into bed with Louis, even though when I did like, like she got older, like older and she wanted her own coffin. So she got her own coffin, but she got scared sometimes. So she'd go back into bed with Louis. Like I did like that until it got like old and a little bit weird. Um, but she does recognize, she does like acknowledge that. She acknowledges it. Cause I still feel like sometimes, you know, I'll, you know, I'll be, like, hanging out with my godmother and I'll just say, like, what are you up to? Let's just, like, hang out in bed and we'll watch, like, Netflix movies or something. Mm -hmm. So that's also kind of how I saw it. But then you could also see the transition where you're yeah. like, mm, you're, you've been doing this for a little, you know, little. It, it's just, like, a very different dynamic. And you could see it very clearly. Um, but I like the fact with Lestat, it was a pupil situation, like, or I, I think protege is you said that so, so much better um, because like he found so many similarities in her that Louis didn't have. Like he had this bloodlust. He had like this thirst and, you know, Louis is who Louis is. And he found another kind of kindred spirit in that sense because how similar they are. Like they would make a, what Louis would say, they would make a game out of it. Right. She would be like, Oh, I want my mom. I want my mom to strangers. And the strangers are just thinking this, this, this poor little girl. Next thing you know, dinner for two. And it was just, they made a game. Like they had so much fun with these vampire tendencies. Like it's a natural part of being a vampire. I don't want to say these bad things because this is 
they're surviving. It's just, it's weird. They're not human. So it is not, right. it is not acceptable for us to put them to a human um, standard of, um, you know, code of morals and ethics. Uh, they're know? vampires. They have their own. Well, I, I, as we I, learn later, they have their own. Sometimes I feel like Louis was, you know, when he was eating the rats and the chickens and everything. It reminded me when the Vampire Diaries, surprise, spoiler, um, when Stefan is all like, I don't want to have human blood because otherwise I turn into a ripper. 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 (laughs) Ripper. And and Damon is like, yo, like, it's cool. I don't have the... I didn't get the ripper gene, so I'm going to do me and have some blood bags and give them to Elena. And that's what, that's, it was just the very two extremes here also. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. Okay. We are up to Claudia's birthday and this is the blowout. This is the blowout. This is the fire. This is everything. So Lestat. This is why I thought it was interesting that Louis says that he saw her as a child because Lestat is the one that gives her dolls every year. So I would think that he wouldn't do that, but men be men and and men not be thinking. (laughs) So even vampire men be not thinking. So he's given her dolls for 30 plus years on the same night. And she's just like, is this my fucking birthday? What is this? Like, she's had enough. She's had enough. No one's answering her questions. Tonight is a night. Let's burn it all down, quite literally. And uh, she she freaks out. She freaks out. She's like, Louis, what the fuck? And and she gets them to admit that, like, Louis killed her and Lestat, like, brought her back to life. So they're both, like, linked and they both did it. Uh, I think there's a quote that I wrote here. Did I? Did I? No. No, I didn't because I'm a bad person. Uh, but this is the moment where Claudia cuts her hair. And, and it grows back in this whole situation. Um, and, and it's just it's just so it's just so wild to me. Um, but then, you know, Claudia kind of has like a weird kind of weird sexual thing with Louis here. Uh, and then she has a gift for Lestat. And this is the gift for Lestat. The, uh, this is the laudanum. This is the the drugged dead blood. And this to me is the moment where it was clear that Claudia had, like, like flipped her switch. I'm using she Vampire Diaries. turned off her humanity. Yeah, I'm using the Vampire Diaries. She flipped her switch. Um, because Claudia has set up Lestat's death. This is what, a child. A child has done this. She has killed these two boys. She has drugged them. She has gotten them up there and she has tricked Lestat into drinking them, which has like destroyed him. Like you should, one of the rules of vampire life is like, don't drink dead blood. That's like a thing. And like, that is so crazy to me. I didn't think that that was what was going to happen at first. Tell at me. all, really. I thought, I thought because this happened after they had their huge blowout. And so I thought it was going to be you know what, if you did this to me, and this goes back to like not really having anybody her own age, I go, there, here are these two boys. I want friends. I want some sort of companionship with people with my, you know, like quote unquote age. Here they are. I killed them. You bring them back to life. That's what I was expecting. 
So this really threw you, huh? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Because it's it's fucking crazy. Um, she okay. So Claudia, I have our like steps here. She slits his throat, right? And then um, Louis burns him alive. Oh yeah. No, no, no. I was thinking about the part where like all the blood was spilling, and she just says in the monotone voice, "Pick me up, Louis." Like so, she didn't because yeah. she didn't want to stain her. Like On her that shoes. is so. No emotion. Yeah, that this is the 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 flip switching. Yeah. Like she's done because Louis is losing his fucking mind. Like Louis is not cool. Like at, about this at all. He's like, "What are you doing? Holy shit!" And he's like holding. It's like all he's all like shaken up about it. That's like his man, right? Um, but she just like I'm gonna say cold blooded, huh? Uh, just <laughs> slits his fucking throat, and all that blood coming down is is on the carpet. That's a robot. Um, that's an animatronic like robot, and I thought that was really cool. Um, you know, Tom Cruise didn't. Speaking of robots, sorry. What about when when Lestat was dancing with Claudia's dead mother's body? Right. I was like, what is happening? He was just like ballroom dancing with her. I was, I was, I was. What what did I miss? So got some life in her. Like that. That's part of the unhinged Tom Cruise that I love. <laughs> I just, I, I love, I love that. Like, I, I, uh, gosh. Um, okay. So I, 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 I was shocked the first few times that I watched this when Louis like takes the lamp and like throws it at Lestat, right? And, he, and he's just like on fire and just like running around on fire. I lost my shit. I was like, that is terrible. But then he just like decides to be dramatic and burn down the whole city with him. Uh, you know, fair, I guess. Uh, but then they throw him in the swamp. This is the part that I alluded to in the beginning. Um, okay, so I watched this with my dad. My dad had a rule that said no head, no dead, which means that if you don't see the head, then it is, um, you know, that character is still alive. But, 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 but in this fucking instance, they throw Lestat's body in the swamp, as you do, as you do in uh, Louisiana. And there's no hate. That's just like a stereotype and a cliche. Well, if you watch Dexter, they do that in Miami, too. Yes. Oh, yeah, they do a lot. Anyway, mm-hmm. anyway, moving on. Um, but they throw him in the swamp, and we see the gator. We see the gator, and we see the blood. So the first few times, I was like, oh, closed case. He's dead. The gator ate him. Done. Done. Okay, moving on. Uh, not the case. Spoiler alert. Uh, but damn, that threw me. I do not have the Paris syndrome. I love Paris. The second time that I went, the first time was garbage. The second time was wonderful. Uh, I would love to go to Paris again. I would love to go to this Paris. I would not, thank you very much, want to be part of this vampire theater. No thank you, no ma'am, no sir. But uh, the the whole new outfits, new like kind of life, new theater, new shopping, new everything. I love that montage. Give me more of that. that. I mean, that's just like in the movie Anastasia, you know, where Anya gets to Paris and they do a whole shopping spree with Sophie and give me that montage because the dress that uh, Kirsten Dunst is wearing, that's the deep emerald greens with the with with the ruching and every, everything is so beautiful and so and everything is tailored to her. But I mean, I guess it's just how fashion was back in the day. Everything was tailored to the person. And she's wearing very adult fashions as well. And yeah. she uh, is treated like an adult and she like goes with Louis everywhere as an adult and they're out at the theater, all that stuff. I, I, I really, 
really love that montage when they get to Paris. It is just like so perfect. Um, but but we need to talk about the theater. So Louis has not stopped his quest to find his answers, right? So they're in like the 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 like old world, the old country, I guess. It's not the old country, it's the old world. And uh, they've done their research, but they can't find anything. You know, peasant rumors, but nothing, nothing, nothing. They, like, were in the libraries, all that stuff, all that stuff. And then they see this Fred Astaire-looking motherfucker and doing all these dances, Mr. Steven here. And we get Antonio. Antonio, Antonio. Okay. Um, Armand is supposed to be a red-headed child. So we will forgive this inaccuracy because this is Antonio in this fantastic wig and nails and makeup. And um, thank you. Thank you for this. That being said, like, and this just goes with, like, book act- adaptations in general. It doesn't have to be a spitting image all the time. To, I mean, look at all, like, the ca- I mean, just the casting alone with Percy Jackson. I'm so excited. But, like, the unnecessary uproar, please. Yes, please. Uh, I don't think there was an uproar here because it was Antonio and everyone's like, hey, we love him. He's amazing. Antonio will do anything. Anything. He's amazing. Give us more of him. More. More, please. More, please. And that's what Louis said, too. Louis said, like, oh, Antonio, more please, Armand. And uh, he was all about it. Oh, did he? Yeah. Yeah, All all about it. (laughs) Give, Give me all of it, please, Armand. He was all about it. And we love that for both of them. Good for them. Good for them. Uh, But, 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 the theater is a really crazy situation because they actually kill people at this theater, like on stage. And it's a whole thing. And it looks fake, but it's not. And people like kind of volunteer in like a funny ha-ha way, but it's like, but they're actually doing it. And it's like not funny ha-ha. It's like a Moulin Rouge and Zidler's like, my eyes do not disguise. And they're like interacting, like bringing the audience into it. So it goes right over. Yeah. It's like, oh, buddy. Uh, But it does start to because like Louis's favorite thing is to be guilty and to feel guilty. That is just his most favorite thing in the world. Our little beautiful (laughs) wet blanket. And he starts thinking like, I've wronged Lestat. Like Lestat was a lot of things, but like, it wasn't fucking this. Like, what is this? What is this exactly? What is this? Be careful what you wish for. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, and But then, but then through Armand, we start to get kind of the rules of vampire society. And those rules are um, you can't kill one of your own kind and you cannot make like a young child vampire. So like Claudia, oh, right away. Uh, I do like this little insinuation that Armand knew Lestat and that Armand is not upset that Lestat is dead. And that kind of like gave Louis like he says it's like a burden getting off of my shoulders. I I did really, really, really appreciate that. I initially thought that remember how Lestat was talking about his sire, like somebody who sired him. Mm -hmm. Like I I went when I was hearing about Armand to go, ooh. Maybe Armand is the one who sired Lestat. But if the but then, you know, that doesn't turn out to be the case. No, but that that would have been interesting. Uh I I do remember who sired Lestat and DP shit. P shit. Uh but not not somebody important to this story. So Claudia wants a companion and so, so she goes into the doll shop. She goes into the doll shop and uh she like starts talking to the owner, whatever. So by the time uh Louis gets home from his like 
sexy meeting, I guess, kind of. I, I, I'm, I'm pointing out here that the vampires in Anne Rice's stories don't have sex. They derive pleasure from the hunt and the kill and the manipulation, yes. But like, this still, it's all very sexy. It's all very sexy. Okay, moving on, moving on. Um, but Claudia brings the uh, doll employee person back home to them and like dresses her up and like they're all presented so that when Louis gets there, um, Claudia starts screaming for a companion. Like, it's not there. It's not there. Like, you're leaving me for Armand. I need to have somebody who's going to take care of me. And her, like, voice breaks, and it's, like, a very... And this companion, I think, needs to be noted that it isn't just, like, a friend. Like, this is a mother figure, and her mother died before Claudia was turned, and she, you know, from the plague, because they even allude to it. But, like, oh, there's a bunch of rats on the ship, and people mm-hmm. are dying, but, like, we're we're impervious to it. So <laughs> I was like, oh, that's the bubonic plague. Okay. Um, but... Yeah, she and the lady had lost a daughter mm-hmm. who looked similar to Claudia, so it just felt like a natural transition for both of them to, to be together. Yes, yes, and of course, of course, of course, Louis hates this. Louis hates this. Louis is like, no, I will not do this. I will not do this because uh, the power that Lestat kind of held over. Um, Claudia is that he wouldn't tell her how to make another vampire, but Louis did. You know, Louis's a little pushover. We know that our sweet wet blanket, but he, but she still won't do it. He he has to do it. So he does make that woman a companion for Claudia, but Claudia gets to throw the best fucking line at him. And it is my favorite. Is my favorite line in the whole movie. And Claudia, Claudia does it so well. She goes, "Your evil is that you cannot be evil, and I shall suffer for it no longer." And it's just like enough, enough, Louis, enough of trying to like deny your nature, deny your like vampirism, deny like what you're supposed to do. Stop trying to be a martyr with that. Yeah, like enough, just enough, just just like be who you were meant to be, and stop carrying this guilt around because because I'm sick of it. Like, and that, that is what she's saying. And it's just like, it's so good. It's like enough already. And I feel her frustration there. I really do. I mean, this is, I get it. This is his character. Because if it was so bad and you really hated being a vampire, why aren't you just going out into the sun? Yeah. Or were you just, or, oh, is it partly because he was turned and a depressed, like he was... He was depressed. He was, and now because he was turned while he was in a state of depression, he is eternally depressed. Oh, I was like, I really thought I was onto something <laughs> with all the vampire lore that I know. Yeah. No, <laughs> that is not the case. He's just <sighs> sad. He's just a sad boy. He's just a sad boy. You know, it is, it is what it is. It is what it is. Uh, but. Uh, what it is not is fun when you are kidnapped to the vampire theater, and that's what happens here. I see your face. What did you think of this? Did you expect this? You know, it, it just was so abrupt. I was, I wasn't expecting, you know, because it was right when you're like, okay, everything is gonna play out the way, and then it was like, boom, right away, right away. Nobody really got a goodbye. They're screaming. They're calling for each other. They're torn away to not even be close. There, I mean. How terrifying. Then there's this lady who just got turned, didn't even get to enjoy being a vampire for 
you know, 2.5 seconds, Mm -hmm. which let's face it, like, what's the ongoing joke that you always see? You're like, oh, if I get turned into a vampire and none of you, like you as in like your friends come and turn me, like we're not fucking, like, that's one of the first things you want to do. You're like, hey, I'm a vampire. Do you want to be a vampire? Like, that's one of the, you don't, you want to have fun with it. This, this lady did not get to have fun with it at all. No fun. Absolutely no fun. Uh, interestingly enough, this whole Vampire Paris situation was part of a massive, massive, massive rewrite in the book uh, before the book was published in the 70s. This was huh. a big, 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 big rewrite. It didn't exist. So she, they put it in there to like kind of build up the ending a little bit. And I, you know, I can't imagine it without it now because like there's a whole thing. Uh, but th- so Louis and Claudia are kidnapped and it's very like harrowing. They, they go back down to the catacombs in Paris, back to the theater and they're like pulled apart. Like that whole scene where they're being pulled apart. Yeah. yeah and they're reaching for each other and they're screaming and screaming and screaming. Oh my gosh. Um, Louis, Louis cries do go from being panicked to being like beyond panicked. And you can like hear that in his voice when he's actually doing it. And that's like, so like, it's very harrowing to listen to, but it's like an actor. Like he's acting. I get it. But like still, still, but Jess walk me through Claudia's scene here. (sighs) When, when they're in the, 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 where the sun's going to peek through. I, Oh, I, I was sending you screenshots and screen reactions all day because, you know, first, the, you know, Dawn is coming. They're in the pit. Her and her vampire mom are ready to go uh, or vampire companion. And the sun is creeping in and they're like trying to hide in the shadows as much as possible. Clinging. They are clutching and clinging to each other. And I didn't think it was I didn't think the thing was going to happen. And all this time, Louis is in his coffin that they have. Um, that like the vampire theater put him away, put him in a wall, sealed him in the wall. And Armand finds him and is like digging his way through and goes to save Louis. And he goes, I need you. Like he's his only, and Louis's only focus once he's out of the coffin is to focus on Claudia. And Armand, Armand's like, I don't have, I we can't do that. We don't have time. Like I only have time for you. And like, you are the person that I pretty much want to be with. He's like, no, 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 I have to. And so they go to find Claudia and she is Ash. Well, she's not Ash. She's in like a, she's in her sculpted form. Her Pompeii form. Yeah. Yes. Um, She is um, in her Pompeii form with her vampire mom companion. And I just stood there shocked out of my mind. I go, she's not. Oh, she's not dead. She's not. No, no. And then Louis touches her and it goes to ash and it crumbles. And I just, I was just, uh, oh, she, she really is dead. She really is. I was shocked. I did not see that coming because I also knew what, how, again, remember, I haven't seen this. I went into it blind. I knew who the three key characters were. And I know like the vampire stuff that I watch. So nobody really dies. Which is fine, because I like, you know, I, I love my vampires. Um, but they did. They died. And I was just, I, I was speechless. I just kept sending you reactions earlier. And you go, we love real consequences. 
I think that yes. was your text. <laughs> it was. It was. That, that is something that I really love. I love real fucking consequences. I love when it actually happens. I love when it really, like, I love when it actually happens. And I love when it sticks. Yeah, and it's not only did it happen, it sticks. But at the same time, you could argue, like, I understand the consequence, you know, sorry, spoilers, this whole episode. You, I feel like you can argue that she was unjustly killed um, because Lestat's not dead. Um, but to that, they are, to what they know, he is. So they and- have to punish for what they, he is. And she is also, so she did kill one of their kind, but she also is herself an abomination. Yeah, but wouldn't that put, she's the abomination of, yes, a kid, a child being a vampire. But I feel like then Louis would have held, been held accountable because he's the one who helped change her. That's not her fault that she's. Immediate threat. Oh. You gotta, gotta deal with her first. And then you go through the paperwork, right? Like, <laughs> she's the immediate threat. And, and, and she is a threat. She is dangerous. Like, she's very dangerous. You see that right from the very beginning when she, uh, when Tom Cruise is feeding her and she, like, really latches more. on. Yeah. And she's like, I want more. It's a very, like, Dickens moment. And, yeah. And he, he was even like, you need, stop, stop, stop. He yeah. was weak with what she, however much she pulled out of him. Yes. Yes. Uh, okay. So, after Claudia dies, Louis fucking snaps. He snaps. <gasps> so good. So good. We love we love some good earned old-fashioned revenge. And he just goes in there with gasoline and some torches and lights it up. And the thing that I really like about this is, once again, consequences to actions, right? He actually does the thing. And we see the thing happen. We see him pour the gas, light the fire, the, the fire come up to the coffins. We see them pop open. We see him with the scythe, just like mowing them Be- down. Yeah, the beheading and yep. the bodying. Like, I don't know what the word for that. Yeah. He is just fucking shit up. I love yep. it. He, le- left and right, all of them, all of them. So he takes out, so Louis takes out the entire catacombs with the theater of the vampires. Oh my gosh. And then he like, I, I do like where he's like running around. He's like, oh shit, kind of stuck kind of stuck <laughs> and then he does get out uh, but it's daylight and Armand is there because Armand knew and I, I do like that because it's like the coach and it, it was very Spike-esque with the blacked out like coach and stuff I did really like that um, but then like so the way that I understand it is that Louis knows that Armand uh, killed Claudia like he he knows that even though he denies it like he was their leader like he was aware like he did it because we do have that shot of um armand's like closing his door when he hears like the screams so like they know that but like he isn't gonna like do anything about it and i did really appreciate that uh but then then we leave paris and we are back and we are back to america we are back to what 1988 in new orleans for tequila sunrise oh my goodness it was um I'm going to say weirdly comforting to see Brad Pitt in an 80s oversized suit. I don't know why that is. That's just like an early memory that I have of him in like a big baggy, like oversized suit. And I was just like, oh, here we are. We're back again. I just, I, I always, I mean, you know, New Orleans is so, such a nice place for us and, you know, all of our girl trips that we do it down there. Um, so anytime, whether, you know, they're in the 1700s or the 1980s, um, or even now, like, it's just, it's nice to be back. It's just such a, a calming place. 
Like Sedona is for your mom. That that is for us. And like our group of friends. It's great. It really is. And I I love I love I love I love that Brad Pitt, you know, Louis does get to see the sunrise again. I I like that cuz he says in the beginning he remembers every single moment of his last sunrise, every single detail. And then he finally gets to see it again and like his whole life he was searching for like um the right color blue. And I did find that very kind of like sad uh when he was talking about like being in Greece and how badly he wanted those waters to be blue, but they were black, you know, like nighttime waters, but finally gets his colors back in the 80s. I just love it so much. Oh my gosh. Well, it was interesting even like now that we're talking about the 80s, just his whole transition into, you know, he's just trying, you know, after Paris, he was just, you know, he came back to the quote unquote new world and just trying to, he just kind of like lulled through the last, like the next 200 years kind of thing. Um, and solitude and in isolation, he kind of kept to himself, but he also saw the changes that happened around the world. Um, with technology. He saw the original vampire movie from like 1922. I don't remember what it's called. And he was doing it in movie theaters. And you see that, like the stark comparison of how he kind of still transitioned um, as time went on. Whereas then you see Lestat and him like come into each other and Lestat's freaking out over the helicopters. And I'm like, have you been alive this whole time? Did you not, you know, um, condition yourself? (laughs) Well, that's exactly where we're at, uh, because he's in that house off Britannia Street, and uh, Louis uh, smells the scent of old, old, old death. Um, And then we get, of course, we get Lestat there. Uh, But we have all the rats, and I forgot to mention this in the beginning, but all of the rats are kind of a nod to uh, Stoker and Dracula, um, because that is how... That's what happened on the ships there is Dracula ate all the rest on the ships. Um, but that was just a fun little like haha nod. Uh, but then did you, were you expecting Lestat here? You were, yeah? Yeah, I was because it, it goes back to, we've had this conversation on the podcast too. It's like, if there's no head, like if, if, you, if you don't see the head and you don't see the body, then he's still alive. Like I believe it with uh, a lot of, we've mentioned it a lot in previous episodes. So um I just didn't know when or how, but I expected him to come back because even with the scene with the gator and him, I, I think I told you, I go, he ate the gator, not the other way around. It's so good. But again, that goes to because I, I'm seeing it now as an adult. Lestat's little confessions that he has here when when because this is when Louis leaves him. Louis leaves him here like, you know, for good, quote, quote, quote. Uh, but this is the last kind of like moment between the two of them. And Lestat says like, Louis, you were the strong one. And like, the more you resisted me, the more that I wanted you, um, you know, if you, you know, you stayed old, uh, you know, it's just like all, all of that stuff. And when he was giving that monologue, I was like, oh, you toxic boy, you toxic. I was just going to say, like, do you think that they they're just like a gen- generally a toxic relationship? They're not good for each other. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Definitely. It was like you toxic, toxic man. Like you he didn't want you and you chased after him and made, made you want him more, like all this stuff. And then you had the, the you know, Claudia, everything, everything. Um, and it's it's just so sad because like he is afraid of the helicopters and he is afraid of like f- the the false lights he calls it and all of that stuff and it is really sad 
Cause like, how long has he been there? Like just forever. Right. And it, it is just like horrifically sad. Uh, but then we cut, well, like right to modern day, like bam. And, and then like, I, I have to admit Christian Slater does what we would all do. Christian ends this interview and he's like, yo, where's the line? I'm first in line, first in line for a vampire. Sign me up. He's like, what do you want me to do with this information? Like, hello, hello. Like, give me some. Ugh. Yeah. He's the smartest one out of everybody once he finally realized it was real. Yeah. And uh, Daniel, this is the character's name is Daniel. Uh, Daniel has, um, he's a character in like the rest of the stories. Like he doesn't go away. He's like, oh, cool. you know, he's there throughout, which I find very, very fun. Uh, but he, he like desperately wants to be turned and Louis like, fuck me. Like I fucked it all up again. Like this is not what I was. I wanted to tell you how much it sucked and how lonely it was and like how shitty everything was and how my life is awful. But like, you want this like, damn. And he scares off Christian Slater and Christian Slater runs away and he gets in his red, you know, car and he drives away in San Francisco and he starts putting in the tape and who pops up? Lestat. Lestat pops up. Lestat pops up. Oh my God. I love him so much. My note says, Drives Bridge Lestat still whining, Louie. It's so, it's exactly, it was so funny because, you know, we've spent this whole episode saying like, oh my God, wet blanket Louie, but like in an adoring way. And then Louie, or I'm sorry, Lestat is even telling Daniel Christian Slater, he goes, because clearly he was, they were following him. He knew exactly where he was. He's like, you just heard all of this and you're listening to it again i have aren't you tired i've had to listen to this shit for the last 200 years years. oh my god now you now you know what i've had to deal with i it was so it was great it was perfect and it was very lestat because Mm -hmm. he even when you know christian you know is like unalived i say that but clearly, I guess he's in it the whole time. So maybe he's a vampire now. Anyway, I digress. So he, like, Lestat has his hand on the... I'm not looking at the screen because I don't want your reaction. So Chris, uh, Lestat has his hand on the steering wheel driving. And then he's, like, taking out his little lace from his 1800s wardrobe. It's so good. I just love it so much. It's like, I'm going to give you the choice I never had. It, and then just, like, brr, 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 brr. Uh, my note, I have to say this before I forget. The music is it is the same fucking soundtrack almost uh, as Batman Forever. It is so similar to Batman Forever. It is like jarring. I encourage you to listen to the Batman Forever, um, like the movie soundtrack, like the actual the actual stuff in the movie. Uh, and then go watch this because it's like, oh, it's the same thing. Except for Lestat's little like da-da-da. Mm-hmm. I, we love Lestat. Lestat's great. And I'm excited because you, like, he's still throughout the, because you said, how many books is this? This is like 12 or 13. Have you read them all? Well, you read one of them in class. I know that. Yeah. The Armand here, uh, the vampire Armand, the one I got in trouble for in class. I've read six of them in this series, I think. And one of them you had referenced in our Book of Night episode, right? Yes, I did. I, I mentioned Blackwood Farm. Uh, Lestat is in Blackwood Farm. Oh, okay. Yeah, Lestat's in Blackwood, for, uh, Blackwood Farm uh, with my sweet little baby Tarquin. Uh, yeah, yeah. Nice, nice re- recall there, Jess. Um, okay, okay. Um, before, before we talk about if we like this movie or not, let's talk about uh, the fan fiction of it all. Well, 
one of my quotes, I mean, a couple of my quotes, quotes, I mean, notes, um, I was like, wait, are list, I didn't know that Lestat and Louis were together. Again, I went into this blind. So I go, wait, are they in a relationship? And then obviously we know that now. And then you see it again with Louis and Armand. And I go, ooh, they have a big, good, good relationship. And then obviously Claudia solidifies that. And I, I would think, I was like, oh man, I bet you. And I, as I was watching this again, this is like even 15 minutes in this, there must be such great fan fiction. But then I remembered many moons ago, you, you had shared with me that there isn't any fan fiction for Anne Rice, um, like the Vampire Chronicles in general, because she didn't want there to be fan fiction. Like she had cease and desists and like lots of, you know, questionable things again, like please do your research. We'll have some links in our show notes also. Um, but P, she was she was basically saying my characters are copyrighted. Go make your own. Don't write about mine. And I, I don't know. I have such uh, a soft spot for fan fiction because you get to kind of create those realities that aren't necessarily on page and on paper, and that doesn't change the story. You know, you just add a little bit dimension. I mean, we do it all the time on TikTok, where like we're like in our head as a fandom, things become canon. So. I would think that there would be that type of excitement for these characters, especially when this movie was made in 94. The book came, you know, was obviously out like 30 years prior. I think you said, Laura. And so you, those those relationships weren't always portrayed on the big and little screen as, mu- as prevalent as they are now. Yeah, like, R.I.P., she has passed, Anne Rice. She has passed. So I believe the rights have just reverted and now you can do whatever the fuck you want. Uh, I'm not sure. Please Google. Please do your own research. But yeah, as far as I can tell, she was nasty about it. And she's the reason why fan fiction rules are the way that they are. She's the reason why the websites are the way that they are. Why you can't charge for it. Why you can't bind them. You can't like print them out and bind fan fictions. That's illegal. Oh, I um, didn't you- know about the binding thing. Yeah. I didn't know that there were all these rules. I just thought, hey, here's a forum for everybody to share their AUs and like ship couples, even if they don't exist in real life or like different realities. Yeah. There, yeah. There's a lot, there's a lot of rules and it's, it's kind of based on, uh, the, the shit that she pulled. So it's very interesting. Uh, if you are interested in that, please do your own research. Uh, it is such a fast Google search. Oh my goodness. And you will get just like a lot of information. So I encourage you to do that. Uh, I have some fun facts. You want some fun facts? All the time. Fun facts. Uh, when this came out in the seventies, she wanted John Travolta as, as Louie. So wonderful. Uh, other contenders were Richard Gere and, uh, Daniel Day Lewis, but he dropped out. So I have a fun fact to follow up with that. Mm-hmm. Um, did you know that there was conversations for the movie adaptation that Louie would have been female and they were looking at Angelica Houston or Cher? Yes, I did know that. But they got, <laughs> but uh, there was massive pushback to that. Of course. And they said, no, 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 keep it, keep it men. Uh, and that was because Anne Rice thought that. Uh, it was too gay to sell, and that's why it wasn't getting picked up. So she's like, okay, we can just make it women. We just make it women. It's fine. It's fine. And they were like, no, 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 no. We're going to keep it men. She was like, but then what the fuck? Then <laughs> then what? Then what is it? Um, you know, whatever. But very, very interesting. Love that. 
there's like a big conversation about like, did Tom Cruise know that he was in a vampire movie? It's a funny conversation to have because they, I say they, uh, no one speaks about this movie. No one brings this up at all. Uh, Tom Cruise never talks about it. Brad Pitt never talks about it. Kirsten has had to talk about it because it was her first kiss and she has you know, it's been brought up to her for her entire life. But the boys, the boys don't talk about this movie. And it is just so interesting because it's so good. It's so rich and lush and gothic and like saturated and lovely and and, and like romantic and sexy. All of the things. Um, but they have like disavowed it. And um, why? Like, like, I, I I wonder what their personal relationship is with each other. I wonder if that has something to do with it. You know how sometimes, ta- like, actors, they might not want to talk about certain projects. I wonder if it's, like, because of the discourse. I don't know their relationship. I don't know what it is now or, or what it was then. It could have changed, too. So I, I'll never really understand and... And I say, and I can say never, I'm not going to be famous. I, you know, we're not actors. Um, What makes people not want to talk about certain projects that are, they're good projects. I could understand if, you know, Kelly Clarkson doesn't want to talk about from Justin to Kelly, even though it's such a guilty pleasure of mine. Um, But this is not that case. No, no, this is not the case. This is a really good movie that had a, a big budget and was like a moderate, like, Success. It was a success. Roger Ebert gave it three stars. Might as well give it the Oscar. Because when I saw that he had a positive rating, Laura, what did we, we were talking about that before the year ago, the episode. I was just like, this, this is the gold standard. I can't believe he gave it three stars. This is his shit. Yeah, Roger Ebert was into it. Uh, oh, fun fact that we talked about earlier, but I don't think we talked about it on the pod. Um, the veins and the makeup on this were like the very, very well done. And part of the reason that Brad Pitt fucking hated making this movie was that for 30 minutes before they applied the makeup, uh, they had to hang upside down so that all of the blood would rush to their head and the makeup artist would trace the veins that they saw so that um, when they flipped them back upside down, it would be like pale and like their skin would be translucent and you could like really see their veins and shit. And Brad Pitt fucking hated that. Which, like, I understand to a point, but also, like, you're an actor, but also, but also, speaking to what you're thinking about the relationship between the two of them, I can just tell you that Brad Pitt hated that, but Tom Cruise loved that shit. Uh, I'm sure he made it, like, his own personal challenge. So, I can see where they wouldn't. Tom Cruise seems like the type of person who, if they were like, look, we can't do it for more than 30 minutes because you really shouldn't be hanging upside down, like, for a long time. Um... But he, he would be the one who'd be like, let's test my body. Let's do 31. Let's condition it to do it 32. I mean, that's just his personality. I don't know. People have their own comments and their own opinions on um, Tom Cruise. But I-, I could only say good things. I could only say good things. You too, Laura. I mean, he's so nice. He's one of the nicest people. And we have such wonderful stories um, based on when we met him. So... He is. He's the nicest person. But there is an element. There is an element of too nice. There is an element oh. of, of too nice. Because, like you think it's fan service? Uh, well, did you know that American Psycho is based on Tom Cruise? No. Yeah. So Patrick Bateman is based like 
like Christian Bale based his performance of Patrick Bateman, the serial killer, off of Tom Cruise. Very specifically. Very specifically. So that is always in the back of my head because that movie's been out forever, right? Yeah. So that, movie's, that, that, that thought is always in the back of my head. So now when he does do his like slightly manic stuff where I say that where he's just like, he's, he's just a little bit, you're just like, but that goes with um, like Jonathan Coltrane has a song called Tom Cruise Crazy. It's like Tom Cruise is Tom Cruise crazy. Um, none of this to say I really like him. And as I said earlier, I am a sucker for all of his movies. I've seen almost all of them. I'd have to go through a list. I've seen almost all of them. Uh, Top Gun this summer. I couldn't breathe. I came out of that movie like this. So I have nothing but positive things to say about Tom Cruise, especially in this movie. But like, Damn Scientology is fucking weird. Yeah, I think I think that's how we should wrap it. <laughs> Jess, so, would you recommend this movie? A hundred percent. I want to. Re- I want to go downstairs. I think one of the texts I sent you, and I'm sorry, this is going to be controversial. Um, I said, not going to lie, I'll take this over Hocus Pocus any day, any day. This was so good. I don't watch Hocus Pocus regularly. I remember being traumatized by it as a kid, so that's just kind of stayed with me as I got older. And I don't revisit it much. Um, so, but this one, it's it's my shit. It is so good. Like, put the put the phone down, put the computer away, and just I I, I this isn't one of those. Oh, I'm gonna have this movie in the background. You watch it with intent. Yes. Yes. Oh, that's a wonderful endorsement for this movie. It's a great fall movie. It's very vibes. It's very dark. It's very lush. Uh, enjoy the shit out of this movie. It's a perfect fall movie. Oh, absolutely. But um, yeah, so thanks for joining us this episode. Feel free to follow us on Instagram. We're at Akafe Podcast. We're also both on TikTok, Akafe Laura and Akafe Jessica. And if you feel so kind, please feel free to leave us a positive review on whichever listening platforms let you make those. Thanks so much and talk to you all soon. Bye. Bye.